بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته continuing this درس we have started for a while now بنات ان شاء الله we're talking about the 11th chapter which is talking about slaughtering but it differs in the last chapter we discussed also slaughtering for others than Allah ta'ala that this time is slaughtering for Allah ta'ala himself but there's a problem or such problem in here that made this slaughtering is not allowed as we'll see inshallah in the ayah which is the Shaykh Rahimahullah both in this chapter and also the hadith mentioning why it is not allowed to slaughter in a place which is used to slaughter for someone other than Allah wa ta'ala. <coughs> Slaughtering as we said in the last chapter is what's called in some languages urban called also in Arabic Ubhiyah or the Biha or Urba whatever you call it it is the same someone is bringing an animal edible animal to be killed as a worshipping when we said in the last chapter that it is not allowed to slaughter for someone other than Allah it is clearly and easy and simple for Muslims to understand why. Because slaughtering is a worshipping, so it should be only for Allah wa ta'ala. But now, this case we're talking about tonight is slaughtering for Allah wa ta'ala, not for anybody else. Why it's prohibited? We will see that the case is that this slaughtering is happening in a place was something else happening in that place also. So, the forbidden case in here is to slaughter in a place where there's someone else is doing something wrong in that place. Let's take it one by one to see the case more clearly. The Sheikh wrote the first ayah, which is, لا تقوم فيه أبدا. This is a part of ayah, Talking about a case happened in the time of Muhammad the story was this. Punch of hypocrites in Medina wanted to hurt Islam and hurt Muhammad and his Sahaba. But of course they cannot do this clearly in front of Muhammad so they made it in the zigzag way. They built another masjid in Medina. Saying, Ya Rasulullah, we want to make another masjid in I for people to come and pray in it. Of course, building a masjid is ibadah, a big case. But actually in here it is not. And it's called upon the Mufassirin and the other people, of course, the, the uh, scholars of Islam, called Masjid Abdirah. Because this masjid was used to plan problems to Muhammad and his Sahaba and Islam. 
So Muhammad told by Allah not to pray in that masjid. What's wrong? It's the masjid. It's the salah. Why not to pray in that masjid? Because why it was made, the reason was it was made only to make trouble to Islam, to Muhammad sallallahu to Sahaba and so on. Although it's the masjid, but still Muhammad was forbid to pray in that masjid. لا تقوم فيه أبدا لمسجد أسس على التقوى من أول يوم أحق أن تقوم فيه. So this masjid was made by these hypocrites for these reasons. So that's Muhammad told not to go in that masjid. Someone will ask, why not? And the answer for that will come after we see this hadith also, which is Sahih, inshallah, narrated by Abu Dawood and Al-Albani, some other scholars said it is Sahih. So it's inshallah Sahih. The hadith is about, or narrated by Abdu'l-Hak, Thabit bin Abdu'l-Hak, radiallahu anhu, and he's one of the Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said that a man came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he told him that he made a vow to slaughter camels in a place called Bawana a place in, close to Medina or close to Mecca in that area so Muhammad sallallahu asked him in that Bawana, that place was there any idols worshipped was there any festival of the Kafirin long time ago or now or before? Of course that time there is none. But Muhammad wanted to make sure that that place was clean. So just imagine now that place is clean. There is nothing there. No others, no, no, no festivals. But it was long time ago. Ah, here becomes the problem. So there was idols, there was First of all, Kafirin, then we are not supposed to use it. Even if we are, we are doing this correctly, we are doing this slaughtering for Allah wa ta'ala. The reason for that are some reasons we can just summarize them into that similar, I mean, copying or doing this something similar to the Kafirin is very dangerous. A mu'min, a Muslim should not at all try to do things that Catherine are doing. Although Nia here or intention diverse, totally. This man is slaughtering camels for Allah. But that place, some people are slaughtering for Allah than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then slaughtering to Allah subhanahu for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this place is not allowed. Second reason is intention of slaughtering in that place, or ibadah in that place, if we make it as a general, any ibadah, any worshipping, intention may be changed. In the beginning, the person is coming to the grave to make salam, ziyara, correct ziyara. We know that Muhammad Hassan used to go to the Baqi' al-Gharqad and make salam to the dead people, which is Sunni ziyara, correct ziyara. We are supposed to go to the grave, we are then say, salam alaykum, darqa mu'minin, and so on, and call Allah for them, make dua for them. But if that grave, a graveyard, or a grave by itself in the masjid is an example, 
is visited by others and these others are doing some wrong things like polyism, calling that grave instead of Allah or calling Allah by that grave, then we are not allowed to go to that grave and make this ziyara. Because people will think, which is the third reason, they miss, they are, they, they are maybe misguided by you when you go to this grave to make sin ziyara, they will think that you are coming to the grave to ask him or to ask Allah by him. Just imagine a masjid and the masjid has a room or some rooms and one of these rooms having a grave of a pious person. And people are coming to this pious person to ask him instead of Allah or to ask Allah by him or to ask Barakah whatever. And you as a good Muslim are coming to the same masjid and you say why don't I pass by this grave and make Sunni Ziyara. What will happen? This will mislead people. People will think this is a good man, a good Muslim and he is coming to the grave. They do not know your intention. They may think that you are also coming to the grave to ask him instead of Allah or ask Allah by him or by his high rank or to ask Barakah and so on. So in this case, this is a misguiding to the others. The hadith of Abdahak ibn Qayyim, uh, uh, when he told us about that man who came to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Muhammad asked him, before he allowed him to do this slaughtering, he asked him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and when he made sure that this place, which is Bawana, has nothing of what he thought of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then he told him, okay, go ahead and do your vow. Tonight we're not going to talk about vow and the judgment of vow, because the next chapter will talk about vow, so we'll leave it in that time. Vow or nether, as you say in Arabic. But we will talk about how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so yani, clear. He was afraid that his ummah will do shirk one way or another. In fact, he told us totally and clearly in the hadith that judgment day will not come until some of the Arabians in south of Saudi Arabia, south of Arabian Peninsula will go and make Tawaf on the Al-Khilafah. The Al-Khilafah was a station, was worshipped by people before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Believe it or not, and of course that must be happened, it happened already. About two years, 200 years ago, that place which was used to have that station, which is already destroyed by Sahaba, they found the people of that area are living Tawaf on that place, and they are sacrificing that place. Because of ignorance, of course. Now put in mind that Muhammad وسلم, was so careful and also he warned us so many times not from shirk only but for, for, from anything would lead to shirk. Anything would lead us to shirk, he وسلم, told us not to do it. That's why if you remember we have discussed this case before and we said that he warned us three warnings. He warned us from exaggerating on pious people. Because we know وسلم, that exaggerating and pious people will lead to worshipping them. And you know this has happened already. And you can see it clearly. He wanted from constructing buildings onto the grave. Because people when they see this person with a doom or a constructed building onto it, 
They will say this guy is not a regular guy. If he was a regular, regular guy, he would be buried with the other Muslims in the cemetery or the graveyard. He is not a regular guy, then he has something special. He is having something special, what do you go and ask him? What if you have some barakah from his grave and his soil? Ah, and that's what Muhammad Sallallahu was afraid of. And the third warning was not to pray in the graveyard. Why? Because praying in the graveyard will lead to worship them one way or another. Clearly in the hadith of Al-Bukhari, he وسلم, cursed the Jew and Christians because they used or they took the grace of their prophets as a place for worshiping. لعنة الله على اليهود والنصارى اتخذوا قبور أنبيائهم مساجد ألا لا تتخذوا قبر المسجد فإني أنهاكم عن ذلك Don't you take my grave as a place for worshiping I'm warning you That's the meaning of the hadith of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم Unfortunately, unfortunately 77 years after his death صلى الله عليه وسلم Some khalifa, Amawi khalifa He made a big mistake by When he enlarged the masjid He took the room of Aisha رضي الله عنها وارضاها ويرضي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو بكر وعمر رضي الله عنه وارضى and he included into the masjid otherwise he صلى الله عليه وسلم was not buried in the masjid with this clear vision in your mind that tells anyone who is trying to use this what happened in Medina now as a proof to allow them to bury their pious persons into the masjid so they know you are wrong because محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم buried in his room outside of the masjid outside of the masjid but it was included later on I mean there is room included later on it's great still out of touch of people Alhamdulillah so Muhammad was so careful that's why he asked that man who wanted to make or to slaughter these camels he asked him first question was was there any idol or station which was in that area you want to slaughter he said no or they said no, because Sahaba also were answering with him, because they know the place. Then he asked another question, was that uh, any festival happening in that place? He said no. Then he said, go ahead and do it. Clearly from this hadith and from this, uh, the other ayah, a Muslim is not allowed, a Muslim is not allowed at all to worship Allah in a place where the non-Muslims or the Kafirs or the Buddhists are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in. Not only slaughtering, but anything else. Because as we said, this could lead or mislead the Muslims. When they say good people like you go to the grave to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only, even to make silly ziyarat to special graves, or regular graves is no problem, and cemeteries or places there's nobody and he's doing bad things in there is okay, but for some certain places where five persons are buried and they have grave keepers and so on, and they're collecting money in Qurban and so on, a good Muslim should not go there. Upon this ayah and this hadith. Then somebody will say, if this is so, how come it is allowed to make salah in the church? A good question, isn't it? How come it's allowed to make salah in the church? While it is a place for Christians, for Kafirin, that differs. That differs because our Salah is not the same as their Salah. So if someone is going through a place which is having 
solipsism, but he's not doing the same thing they are doing, that he's doing something else. It differs. But if he goes to a grave where people really think that he is something special, and he gives sadaqah, a lot of people are judged by this trick. When they tell him, okay, you are a rich man and you are a good Muslim, you know, there are, there are a lot of poor people, poor Muslims, are sitting beside that grave of such and such Khalander Baba. Why did you come and give sadaqah for them? Lillah, for Allah. For the sake of Allah. You are not giving for the sake of the person, no. This is a trick. Because when he comes and gives these people, he is helping them to stick to the grave more and more. And the people will think that he is paying this money or this food for the sake of the grave, not for the sake of Allah. So he is misguiding them. Same thing for those people who are going with some wrong jamaat or groups. Even if they say we will go with them to change their mistakes. Be careful. Because when Good people like you go with this jama'at, they, the people will think, okay, this jama'at is good. Because this guy, this guy, this guy, mashallah, we know them, they are going with them. A problem in here. So a Muslim has to be so careful in these cases. No Muslim wants to be a reason for misguidance or other Muslims. When he showed them that he is doing good things with wrong people. Say, what should I do? I don't go with anybody? No. Cooperate with Muslims, whoever he is, as long as he is a Muslim, to the extent that you are not sharing him or helping him on the wrong way. In fact, you are trying to bring him from the wrong way. You saw a group, or a jamaat, or someone doing a mistake, you come to him, you advise him, because this is part of his right on you. As Muhammad told us in the hadith, حق المسلم على المسلم خمس. Five rights on you for every Muslim. And you have the same rights on the other Muslims, of course. One of them, to make nasihah, to advise him. When you see him making mistakes, you should come to him, salamu alaykum, with a good way, with a good timber, uh, with a fantastic way to talk to the Muslim, and then you give him the advice. What you are doing is incorrect because of this and this, and you give him the evidences. And it's not up to you if he accepts or not, it's another case. As Allah told Muhammad, and he said it also in the holy book, and he said, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ It's not up to you to make hidayah to the people. Our job as Muslims is just to show the correct and the wrong and hidayah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although we could say hidayah is two types, not one type. Hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which bringing people from bad things to good things or from kufr to iman, that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But our hidayah we can do to people is to guide them. Because Allah told Muhammad in the other ayah, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمِ So he is making hidayah. But Allah also told him the other ayah, إِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْلَبْتِ How can we combine these two ayahs? People who do not understand, they say, this ayah is telling him that you don't know, you don't have hidayah. The other ayah is saying, you have hidayah. Keep having it. How is that? Very simple. When you know that the hidayah that Allah told Muhammad that he doesn't have, and he cannot make, is the hidayah to move the heart of the person into the iman from Kufr. But the other Hidayah which is given to Muhammad to given to the scholars and the Sahaba and the scholars later on and whoever Muslim is making Da'wah is the Hidayah of showing the correct way to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Any one of us have Hidayah, Alhamdulillah. We can go meet anyone in the street who doesn't pray as an example, a Muslim, Salaamu Alaikum, Ya Akhid, Jazakallah Khair, you should pray with Jama'ah, 
Salah Zamas, this is the evidence. What if he says bad things to me? You've done your job, Allah will reward you for that and Salam. It's not up to you that you will bring him by force to make Salah. No. You cannot force people. But you are required, each one of us is required to talk to Muslims who are in the wrong way and bring them back. Especially, especially those people who are thinking that they are Muslims while they are, while, while they are politics. Worshipping someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think that's the way, the correct way. No, it's not the correct way. They will think that if you don't go to such and such grave, if you don't give urban, if you do not ask him instead of Allah, you are not in the, wrong, in the correct way. Subhanallah So how can we prove to him? By Quran and Sunnah. Only. Only. Don't try to tell him that such and such shaykh say and others. No. Tell him that Allah said, Muhammad said. That's it. Because if you come and say that such and such said, shaykh said, you say, okay, your shaykh is before you, I have my own shaykh. Yeah, how can you answer this guy? But if you say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, he cannot say, I don't, ha- I don't want to, uh, this, I cannot hear to this. No. He must hear, because anyone who rejects Quran or Sunnah, he is a kafir, You notice in this book, some cases that you may think it is, why, why so strict on these cases? It is the same way that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in this world that I told you before. Although they are not polyhism, it's not a polyhism to construct a building on a grave. It's not a polyhism to exaggerate someone. It's not a polyhism to worship Allah or to make salah in the graveyard. It's not a polyhism at all. But it's not allowed because it will lead to. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Spirits of shaitan. Shaitan is very smart. Although he is so weak in front of good Muslims like you. But he is so smart. He will drag people step by step until they fall into shirk. Because he has already sworn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will drag as much as he can from Muslims of Bani Adam to Jahannam. فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ اللَّهُمَّ جَعَلْنَا مِنْ الْمُخْلَصِينَ So put in mind that even if you think these cases are not so strong, we should not be so, man. we should not be so tough on them. We should not be so strict on them. No, it's not the case of this one. Study it and see how far. Yani, a good Muslim like you, if he goes to a graveyard and he make, or yani, join some people who are going to, to the graveyard and making the wrong things they are doing. He's not going to do wrong things. Fine. But he will mislead the others. When they see good people like you, the others of course, with this group going to the graveyard to ask people instead of Allah, to ask the dead people instead of Allah, they will think they are one of them. They think, okay, this is mashallah good shaykh, and he is a good guy, and he is doing this. So no, no problem with it. In this case, this person who is going to the graveyard and do this, he is also responsible in front of Allah for all the bad deeds they are doing. Because clear hadith in that. Man sanna bin islami sunnatun hasana. سنة حسنة فله أجرها وأجر من عملها إلى يوم القيامة ومن سن في الإسلام سنة سيئة when he, when he makes something wrong and people follow him with this wrong because of his way then he is responsible also he is having a share of their bad deeds remember we discussed the case of the grave and we said the person who is dead in the grave 
قوله الجيزر طب خلاص هذا أظن في حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مات ابن آدم انقطع عمله قوله الجيزر فنش خلاص نو إلا من ثلاث اكتب ثري كيسز these three cases could be good and could be bad a person who made صدقة جارية يعني صدقة which is continuous صدقة or a person who made who left علم knowledge for of Islam books audios whatever A person, a good Muslim who left his son, a good Muslim, he makes da'wah for, du'ah for him. A walid and salih yad'u lah. His good deeds are continuous. But also, the other one who made differently or opposite, the one who made money to do bad things, the one who taught people to do bad things, the one who guided people to wrong things, and he dies, his bad deeds are continuous. A person who has lived all his life, he is a Muslim, he prays, and he is doing everything. But he is only making songs, and calling people for love, and for that, and for this, and he dies. His bad deeds are continuous. The more people are listening to his music, he is also getting bad deeds. People are getting bad deeds, and he is getting also bad deeds. He is living in the grave. He already died. Yes, but he is still receiving more bad deeds. That's why... Some brothers asked before a good question, say why, why there is two tests. First test, when the person comes to his grave. The two angels will come and ask him and then he will be yani, in ease or in punishment. Then he, again he will be asked and test in the judgment day. Why is it white white? Very simple and very easy. Because the first test which is in the grave for what happened already. And the test in the judgment day is for what happened after his death because of him, including the old ones. So his good deeds could be more and more. Yeah, and just imagine, this brother who has accepted Islam tonight, Alhamdulillah, that Allah has saved him from Jahannam. Now, those people who have done their best to bring this brother to, to Islam, every good deed means doing, they are having the same. Allah is giving them the same good deed. This guy will go home, Maybe we will never meet him. These people who come to Islam never will meet him. But still he is doing good deeds and they are receiving ajr of that also. And we gave another example. So just imagine you called a person to Islam. And then he went to his land. You never see him after that until Yom Al-Qiyamah. And because of him, a lot of people accepted Islam. And he didn't know. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people, maybe millions of people accepted Islam because of you. And they are all working and you are gaining the same ajr. So you come in the judgment day, you see millions of hasanat. No human being could do this. It's true, yes. But actually they are done for him. He may be working for him for money, no money. He's sleeping at home and people are worshipping Allah while he's sleeping. And he's getting ajr. See how that was important? And this is the message of Muhammad That was the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is to suffer from dunya, to eat very limited, and sleep very limited. Suffer from less people. Why? Because he wants to convey, he wants to proclaim this deen to us. And he did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's done his best, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he died, when he died, while Islam is already spread among almost this Arabian Peninsula, and later on it went all around the world. How Islam reached India? How Islam reached Pakistan? or reached Africa, or reached Europe, or America. How? 
If Allah wants, He will make people with kun, all Muslims. But He subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us. He wanted His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi He wanted the good people after them to work for this deen because He wants to give them ajr. Business is business. If you are working in business and you have a company and you are getting money, you are making people work, working for you, a guy who is giving one salary of 5,000 riyals, but he is giving you 10,000 riyals a month instead of 5,000 riyals. Yeah. Good business. They will say that you are a fantastic manager. But the fantastic manager is the one who makes the people work for him for judgment day. That's the one. That's the one. The one who is really capable of calling for Allah wa ta'ala. Not only by talking. You know, this is one way to make da'wah. Making da'wah is a very much way. So many ways. You can give books, pamphlets, tapes, audios, that, this, CDs, maybe a website. If you show someone that there's a website such and such in the internet, go and visit it, then he visits it and he gets some good things in there, you are also gaining the ajar of that. How much you spend? Nothing. Nothing. That's all. So, this is the case. Although how this is very important, although this is fantastic, still not so much people really going for it. Why? Because Allah knows who deserves it. Allah knows who deserves that. So He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, will make Hidayah and guide these people to do so. Otherwise, those who do not deserve it, they don't deserve it. And they don't get it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us part of these people who deserve it. Right. <coughs> How are we going to practice what we have studied tonight or talked about tonight? When I see people are doing something wrong, should I go and advise them? Or should I just go with them and see what I can do? Or should I go away from them? I'm talking about like groups or even places. Yeah, just imagine you are in somewhere in India or Egypt or anywhere in this world and you are walking and you found people are going to a grave to ask him instead of Allah to ask for barakah, to ask for cureness, to ask for, ask for children what is the good Muslim supposed to do? what is he supposed to do in this case? he is not supposed to go with these people because he will make them more and more and people will, mis- will be misguided by him but he will do some way or another that he will tell these people that what they are doing is incorrect not to face him because this could make trouble to him also. So he should really think of a way to bring these people back to Islam. Why are they kafirs? Actually what they are doing is kufr. But they are not kafirs. Be careful. And we always say it's a big mistake to join the judgment of the action and the judgment on the person together. No way. This is very bad action done by a lot of Muslims when they are so about, about Islam, they want to push forward. So as soon as they say, okay, this action is covered, this guy is doing it, he's a cover. No. This is a big mistake. They are doing cover, yes. But they may not be a cover. They may, they may not be a cover at all. Why? Because maybe they have some excuses for that. Ignorance is excuse, as you know. Mistaken is an excuse. Force. You know Amr ibn Yasir when he was forced to say kufr words. That was the time of Muhammad 
And he was dying for that. They put his, his head into a water until that he showed, خلاص, he's dying. So he said what they wanted. Kufr word. And he came to Muhammad sallam weeping. Ya Rasulullah, I have made such and such. So he asked him, how you find your heart? He said, full, full of faith. Mutma'innin bil-iman. So he told him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if they do it again, do it again. Allahu Akbar. He didn't say you are a kafir. You said bad kufr words, you are a kafir. No. He said, since you are. That's the meaning of the hadith. Since you have already full iman inside, but he did this because you are forced totally on it, then you are not a kafir. And if they force you again, no problem. Say it again. A Muslim really should be a key to good things. Anywhere he is, in his work, with his family, in his area, in his masjid, anywhere, in his dukkan, biqala, supermarket, whatever. Wherever he should be really a key for good things. Just imagine you are working in a baqala, supermarket, okay? And you are in there. Can't you put some pamphlets or audios in the table? Whenever you see a person who needs this, you give him one. How hard is that? Very simple. I told you before about one Sudani, he was a regular guy. He was not a scholar. He was only a security guy working in a gate for one hospital in Riyadh. And because of him, 3,000 Kafir accepted Islam. He doesn't speak any language, except Arabic, of course. But he had these books and pamphlets in his gate. Whenever he sees a Kafir comes, of course they know who they are, so he takes pamphlets and gives it to him and opens the door for him. And because of that, these people studied and read and read and read and read. So many people do this. And very simple. And very cheap. In fact, you can buy it yani, free. You can buy it in these uh, Jaliyat offices. They give you free pamphlets or tapes and so on. If you want to work in da'wah. So simple. But of course, it's better for a Muslim to be educated with Islam, to be capable of calling people correctly. As Allah told Muhammad sallallahu in his holy book, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, calling people with complete or good knowledge. Well, I can really answer the, the questions of these people. Well, I am having wisdom when I talk to them. Patience, because people are not so easy to deal with. When you come to talk to people about Islam, yes, we are too busy to talk to you, Allah, not Islam. Shaitan will push them to face you and make trouble to you. In this case, what do you do? You remember what happened to Muhammad sallallahu How many times he was called bad names? How many times he was hit by what? How many times he was hurted by so much words and even other bad things? Did he say, khalas, I'm tired of this. Ya Allah, forgive me, I want to do this. See, sallallahu alayhi wa continue. And we are no better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the best sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we should be in his way. By learning this deen and calling people for it. This is our duty in this life. Not to eat and enjoy and have more and more money, more, more children, more fancy houses. This is not our duty. Our duty in this life is to save this universe, this, this universe, this people now within this, this planet from what they are suffering. Those travelers are really need us a lot, but we are not really doing our job. Muslims are doing us also, but we are not doing our job. We are busy with our fancy life. Food, women, children, that, this, cars, 
Is that what you created for? Is that what we are created for? No. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only and part of the worshipping is to learn this deen. Part of the worshipping is to call for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the case where we have been told in Surah Al-Asr and you know it and we have already discussed it so many times. That's as far as I can say tonight inshallah about this chapter and inshallah next week we'll talk about the 12th chapter which is talking about vow. Hopefully, inshallah ta'ala, if you have any questions in this topic, I'll be happy to hear from you. Jazakumullah khair for listening. Mm-hmm. Actually, majority of the Sahaba already died. Majority of Sahaba in that time already died. They left Sahab at that time and Tabi'in also told them not to do so. And they tried with him their best, but he did not allow them. He did not accept the, their advice and he insisted on doing this. It's a mistake, of course. But Sahab have done their best and Tabi'in have done their best. They cannot uh, bring guns and start to kill him, you know, or fight him. You know. It's the case of that. He is the leader of the country and he, they cannot stop. Who? Oh, the, the, the Khalifa, you mean? Al-Walid ibn Abd al-Malik. Al-Walid ibn Abd al-Malik. He's a Mawi Khalifa. Say? Say. Just recently you noted that forcing the word Salah is not compulsory, but we'll be found in Saudi Arabia. Okay. The case of forcing for Salah, or for anything else, like closing the markets during Salah. Let me tell you this. First of all, this is an Islamic system called Al-Hisbah. Then by Rasulullah Sallallahu by Sahaba, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman Ali. That if they see anything wrong, they stop people from doing it. Amr ma'ruf nahi amunkar, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Surah Ali Amran, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnaas ta'amuruna bil ma'ruf wa tanhawun anil munkar. So we are required, each one of us, not only these mutawain that you call them, you know, are doing this. Every Muslim is required. But these people have authority from the leader of the country. So they have authority to stop wrong things. Now, when they come to a market in the street and they see people are walking and saying, Salah, 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 Salah. Just imagine some of these people who are walking are kafir. What's, what's, what's the benefit in here? Very easy. These people will respect the Salat of Muslimin. They will respect the system of Islam that in time of Salah everybody should stop working. Close these markets. Otherwise, you will find some Saudis will bring cover laborers, will put them in their supermarket and say, don't close because you are not a Muslim. Yalla. And because of this, a lot of people will come to buy during Salah time. So Salah time is no use now. Nobody cares about Salah time. No. We are supposed to respect the Salah. Not only Muslims, also cover have to respect our Salah. They should stop working during Salah. Plus Muslims, yani if I am walking the street, maybe I did not hear Adam, maybe I was so busy, maybe Shaitan has already played around with me. And when I say mutawain, they say salah, salah. Ah, then they are helping me to force myself to go for salah. Is that the case of salah by force? No. It's a case of salah by helping these brothers to do so. And that way nobody, they don't hit anybody who doesn't go salah. Yani just take him and take him to jail. Yes, they are hitting if there's some, some people are really mis- yeah, and you must deal with it. 
And also sometimes they refuse. I have seen this by myself. Some of them, they, they, they are hurt by the people. Some cases we don't know. I'll give you an example, you'll be amazed. This is a true story, by the way. These mutawwa'in, once they were in, in the street, big market, you know, uh, with a lot of baqala or dukkan and so on. And when Adan said, Allahu Akbar, they came and they captured one guy and they hit him. So people say, Yesh hada, Yesh hada mutawwada. What are they doing, Yesh? Just now, Adan, what are you doing, Yesh? They came to, to say bad things to this mutawwain. Adan, just now, why you hit this guy? Well, I just wrong. But we didn't know that they are not hitting him for Salah. He was selling drugs. And they were watching him. He was selling drugs to people. So they came and they got him. People think that they are calling him for Salah. These people are not working for Salah. Yeah. They are working for more than that. Drug cases, uh, bad tapes and CDs are sold in the market. So, so many things. But we think that's only for Salah. No, that's only for Salah. Their job actually is more than that. Same case, you know, we should say, we should help them out because they are doing an Islamic system, an Islamic sha'ira, an Islamic deen. We should help them in that. They are not hitting people for salah because salah in this case, even if you are a Muslim, they are not supposed to force you to make salah because you are going to do salah, inshallah, without that. But they are reminding you and they are stopping people from leaving this thing go like this. They are helping people against shaitan. As Muhammad said, لا تعين الشيطان على فيكم. Don't help shaitan on your brother. So they are helping you against your shaitan or against the other shaitan. They are making they are making their own jama'ah and they are allowed for that. Yes. What's that? Alhamdulillah. They are helping Muslims not to. And that's when the shaitan really play around with them. Yes, brother. There's a question. You said there was a Sudani guard. He, he, he didn't speak anything, but he was, uh, uh, he was you know, uh, distributing the audio and other things. And because of him, 3,000 people, they converted to Islam. Who counted those converts? So. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he's making... Uh, a number again you know, when they come with it. Yeah, well, uh, 3,000 is not exactly 3,000. Maybe 3,000 is 0, 1. You know. But we say this is just an amount that is counted in the hospital because there is a registration in the hospital that this covered for Islam in such and such year. For some years, 20 years, this is the amount of Islam. So don't be so strict on the number, Yanni. It could be 3,001. Don't worry, Yanni. You know. If you want to do extra one, no problem. It's not a case of counting exactly, but we are giving just an average or a number that could be understood. Yes, yes brother. How much a person should work for this life and as well as should work for thereafter, I mean for the Dawah and the Dawah. It should, should work more for Dawah and the thereafter uh, life or... Uh, no, you should work for them both. both. And actually we have to be careful. We are not really dividing our life between dunya and akhirah. Wrong. Actually, working for dunya is working for Akhra. Yani going to work to gain halal money is a worshipping. Sleeping is a worshipping. Ishhada. Not only this, but taking your wife to bed is a worshipping. So why to segregate dunya and Akhra? Wrong. Dunya and Akhra for a Muslim is all Akhra. But he's working in dunya to eat. 
that was for Christians. ورهبانيه ابتدعوها ما كتبناها عليهم. Christians they used to go to monasteries. يلا خلي الدنيا يقول لي. Right? Wrong. This is not in Islam. In Islam you have to be in life and to deal with people, to have work, to have money, to have children, to have wives. In the same time you do all of this with Islam. So do not think there is a, a, a line between dunya and akhirah. No. Both of them are mixed in your, your life. You have to do them both. You sleep because you want to be strong for Salat al-Fajr. Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhumah, he used to say that I expect Allah to reward me for my sleeping as he reward me for my praying at night. How's that? He sleeps to make his body strong enough for Salat. He eats, we eat to make our body strong enough for Salat, for ibadah, for jihad, for other things. So eating in here, It's another ibadah, another worshiping. So we are not segregating ibadah or deen from dunya. They are both together. Jazakumullah khairah. Fine for this. We'll see you inshallah next week.